Yes, everyone, hello and welcome along to the official Celtic FC podcast. And here we have our big weekend preview ahead of what's going to be a really exciting weekend of fixtures for the men's first team, the women's team and the B team. We're going to hear from Brendan Rodgers, we're going to hear from Adam Ida, we're going to hear from the women's team manager, Elena Siddiqui, ahead of a huge derby on Sunday as well. So we've got lots to look forward to. And joining me for this one is Lewis Laird. Lewis, how are you? All good, thanks. Fine, how are you? I am very, very good. It's, as I said, uh, I think I've already said the word big in like three (laughs) occasions already, but it's set to be a pretty big weekend and my eyes are firmly set on that game on Sunday for the women's team, which... We'll get into properly into detail soon, but a game at Ibrooks, first versus second, is huge, isn't it? Yeah, it's really exciting. You know, you're getting to that business end of the season as well with the, the split coming up. You know, there's only two more league fixtures before that, so it is busy and exciting weekend ahead. It definitely is. Right, we're going to get into that properly um, and give that the full build up. But first of all, let's start with the men's first team. On the back of a 2-0 victory over St Mirren last weekend in the Scottish Cup to advance to the quarter-final stage, is that right? Mm-hmm, that's right, now? yeah. The quarter-finals. Um, it was the end of a really busy week with three tough away fixtures. We've got two victories and a draw, which was at the start of that, away at Petaudry against Aberdeen. And now this weekend, we are back at Celtic Park, which has felt like quite a while, and we're playing Kilmarnock in the league. How, how are you feeling at the moment uh, with the the men's first team because as I said it, it was a tricky week of fixtures ideally you wanted to get three wins we've got two wins and a draw but where do you where do you feel like we're at at the moment yeah as you touched on you know you look at that that schedule I think when the, the sort of fixtures or when those games came out you looked at that period and the, the season you know coming off the back of January into February you've maybe got at that at the start of the season you would maybe been thinking you've got a few players away at the, the Asian Cup and whatnot and You've come out of those games with two wins and a draw. I think, obviously, you want to win every single game, especially you know the nature of everything that's going on. But if you're to say at the start of the week, two wins and a draw from those games, it would it would be good to come away with, and and we've came away with that. Was and you you can see I think growing with confidence and and the way we're playing. Yeah, I think I think the same as well. And in terms of those performances, are you seeing an improvement? Over the course of those three games, yeah, I think, and I think we're going to talk about it as well. A bit of a, a change in terms of the, the lineup on Sunday with Kyogo and Adamida playing alongside each other is an interesting change. And to see those uh, the two dynamics, you know, obviously Kyogo will be playing a, a bit deeper, but you maybe don't see two strikers as much linking up these days. So it's always interesting to to see those changes. I know what we made of that. So Adam makes his first start away at Easter Road. Um, he definitely made an impact scoring <laughs> twice from the penalty spot such cool penalties as well Kyogo cool was on the bench he came on won the penalty and then in Paisley on Sunday the two of them played together you couldn't really say, you wouldn't really say the two of them played up front together mm-hmm, it was yeah. more Kyogo cool dropping in a little bit deeper but how do you think it worked because it definitely seemed to get Kyogo cool a bit more involved and then you see his goal where he's arriving from, mm-hmm. from deeper and finishing it off so what did you make of it? I mean we touched on how tough a week it was what a week to start your Celtic career as well you know you get those three away games it's really tough and you've obviously played your part and also you know getting the assist in Aberdeen getting the two goals at Hibs and and playing the part against St Mirren so it was some first week for for Adam Reader but I think from what you've seen when I think in each game they've played not a lot as you say not alongside each other but they've both played together in a sense and 
I think it's actually allowed Kyogo to get on the ball more. You know, you, you see teams we, we face against sometimes it can be a struggle to get the ball to Kyogo and, and create those chances. But with so Ida's physical presence, it allows Kyogo to pick up those spaces and, and get on the ball. And it's very similar ways. You know, you win the penalty and the score to go on Sunday. It's that cut back to the edges you touch on, and I think that's from the presence of Ida in the box. You know, it, it leaves that space for Kyogo. I know. I wonder what he's going to do this weekend. The manager, if he's going to stick with that uh, way of playing, if this is now what we're going to see going forward, or if it's just for the the odd occasion in certain matches. But one thing that we've we've not really had this season is a fully fit squad to pick from, and it's good now to have those options of okay, are you going to play Ida and Kyogo? You've got mm-hmm. Mo back as well now, so it'll be interesting to see what he does going forward. If that was just a one time thing, no, absolutely. I think if you look. Even back towards last year, if you were to say it, points should be without Alistair Johnson, mm. Greg Taylor, Rayo Hattati, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Dyson May for some games. You'd be looking at it and think, goodness, that's, you're missing a large chunk of that starting off in, in, in squad. So to come through that and, and get those results and also get those players back, you start as a massive boost. I know. Hopefully we can start to see a few more coming back. Um, when this is going to be going out on, on Friday morning, we've not heard from the manager in his press conference, so we're not yet sure maybe some of the guys like Greg Taylor or Cameron Carter-Vickers, but hopefully they won't be too too much longer out in the sidelines and hopefully we can get to see them back soon. Um, but this weekend is Kilmarnock, Greg Taylor's old team at home. The last time we played them here was earlier in the season and it was a 3-1 victory. I think he scored in that game as well, did he not? He did score in that game. I scored the third goal. It was Palmanatati that also scored as well. I feel like that game was kind of like the first game under the manager and second time around where you actually saw like a really good performance. I don't know if you've felt the same with that. Yeah, you're obviously coming off the back of that Lazio game as well. You know, we've lost so late on in the last game and you really came into that one Thing. You do need a reaction from that sort of thing because it's so such a gut and way to lose a game, you know, in the, the last minute. So you definitely seen that in the performance thing. And yeah. I mean, it was especially the first two goals that they were brilliant goals. Oh, you know, Hadati, the way he watched, watched the space with it, and not making then Palmer's finish for that yeah. as well. I don't know if I'm doing that at the service there. I remember the game at Tynecastle was another one like that, but was that after? When was Kamara against around October time? God, it's just you see the way these fixtures is all sort of merging into one. It runs around. I know. Incredible. I, I just I remember that game here and coming away from it and thinking, God, right, okay, we, we actually played some really good stuff there, scored some good goals. Kamara were actually half decent on the day as well, though. They, um, he scored a good goal from um, young David Watson, but hopefully we can have the same this time around as well. But Kamara, we we know the kind of struggles we've had this season, particularly. Well, at Rugby Park, not not so much at Celtic Park as well. So are they one of the teams in the division we have to be a little bit more cautious about or should we be taking care of them on Saturday? I think you look at the way Derek McInnes has built that squad coming up from the, the Championship, you know, solidifying themselves in the, in the league and then they've really kicked on this season. I think you look at the squad as well. Some of the signs they made in January, you look at that attack in front, like, you know, Kevin Van Veen, Vassell, Greg Stewart, all these guys, guys have got a lot of attacking talent, so it is something you always need to yeah. be wary of. Yeah, I know, that's that's right. A couple of new signers in, in January who haven't played against Celtic so far this season, and Kevin Van Veen. He obviously scored last time he was, he was here as well, you know, he's indeed. a threat. Yeah, and, and Greg Stewart, as you mentioned. So that, that's a couple of guys that's got experience, and you know what you're going to get from them as well. So, I don't know, what do you, what do you think for this one? Because we've had... A couple of disappointing games at Rugby Park so far this season. That 3-1 victory 
here at Celtic Park as well. What do you expect from Kilmarnock when they're coming here? Do you think they're going to be quite similar to what most teams do at Celtic Park? Or do you, do you sense with them that they might do, they might be a little bit more positive and proactive? Yeah, I feel as though under sort of Derek McInnes at Aberdeen against Ben, they always sort of seem to go, as Aberdeen side obviously, they always seem to go man to man against us, I don't know if that was a, maybe a, a change of approach at the time and I mean we've seen the success we've had this season as you as you touch on and I think they'll just be looking to try and do more of the, more of the same here and, and try and frustrate us but I think coming off the back of a, a really good week hopefully can build on that and, and take confidence into this game. Yeah because Kilmarnock so far this season they are fourth, they're just ahead mm-hmm. of St Mirren, third in fifth place so for them I mean they're probably hoping to cap off a really special season and try and get European football, do you think the odds are on them to try and get that fourth place spot. It really is uh, wide open, I think, in that that be- between sort uh, fourth place and, and below because I think you've even look and obviously Motherwell and maybe they're not as close to Kilmarnock and stuff like that. But um, earlier in the season they went in a run without winning games and mm. they're still in that sort of mix, so it's so so tight and you know these games will be obviously maybe the games against Celtic isn't the ones they'll be looking at particularly at Celtic Park. But if you can pick up in from that, it's massive bonus especially when you're looking for Europe on the horizon I know because you look at it in the moment as well and Aberdeen just in the back of a, a mental three <laughs> draw Hibs are still in the bottom half of the table I think at the moment so I suppose you probably expect those teams to kick on at some point but there's only 13 games left of the season yeah. and that means there's only what's my maths here seven games until the split is that right yeah there's five games in the split isn't there Five games in the split, so seven games in total? No? Eight games? Oh, eight, God, games. I'm, I'm, I'm eight games. I'm losing it here. Eight games. Eight, eight plus games. five, 13. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that was shocking for me. You can tell I got a C in my higher <laughs> maths. There was no way I was getting into eight to do the maths in my career. Um, so at eight games, which isn't really that long, obviously we don't have to worry about if we're going to get into the split. What we need to worry about is if we're going to win the league this season. And when you've not really got that many games left really with 13 is it like you can kind of once you get to to 10 and then it's starting to get single digits you can feel it ramping up but 13 games is not a lot maybe because we're well I suppose we're coming towards the end of February it still feels it's like a weird time you still feel as though there's a bit of time for the end of the season but it just runs through so quickly and and these games will come rapid you know we've just had those obviously three in a week as well and it'll just run in really quick yeah i think why i was getting confused because i had it written down here it's seven league games before we play rangers okay. and that's the last game you've saved yourself there so yeah so eight games in total seven before we play uh, the game at ibrox against rangers in the start of april i believe that is but i suppose from our point of view as is always the case it's just about winning as many games as possible but We've seen it already this season that we've won both of the Derby games, but still at this moment in time, we're in the same number of points as Rangers. So sometimes it can be the case, of course, the Derby games are really important and they will be in the last two in in April and May. But these games, like on Saturday, are the ones you need to take care of, aren't they? Yeah, it's absolutely massive. You know, you you can't underestimate any game in this league. You know, you look at the nature of it. Teams can pick up points, you know, teams have picked up points in this season so as I say you can't afford to underestimate him. Yep and we spoke a bit about Adam Ida earlier Um, if he plays on Saturday it'll be his his home debut so Celtic fans have maybe not had a full chance to see him and see how he he operates on the park and just had the chance to see him on telly if they've not been fortunate enough to beat the last three away games now. Um, Yeah we spoke about the the impact he, he has made as well 
it'd be really fit for him if he were to come in on Saturday and and score at Celtic Park and really kind of keep that keep that run going as well. So um, quite exciting though, just to have a, a couple of fresh players in the squad and and Adam Eden and Nicholas Gunn. And you, can, I think from my point of view, when you're looking at it, you can just see by adding a fresh face in like what that can do for the group, and it seems to really kind of rejuvenate things a little bit. Well, yeah, you just look at their impact in those games. You know, can scoring that goal in Aberdeen set up by Eden as we touched on so it's always good to have those new additions and, and new options as well particularly with you know we had guys like oh missing you know it's important to have these options especially going to these tough away games and and for these home games so hopefully he can mark his home debut with a goal that'd be good yeah most certainly well why don't we have a chance to hear a little bit from adam eden now because during the week he sat down with celtic tv um to look ahead to this fixture and we're also going to hear a little snippet from the manager Brendan Rodgers who also sat down for an exclusive interview with Celtic TV. How much uh, a part did Celtic play in the city of Cork when you were growing up? Well, obviously it's, it's really big back home. Look, all my, my friends and family are big supporters of Celtic and myself included. It's, it's obviously massive back in the Republic of Ireland and for me it was, it was always a place where I wanted to, wanted to come and play. I wanted to play for Celtic since I was a since I was a little kid, and to do it now is unbelievable. So being back home and in Cork, it, it is a big club back home. And as soon as Celtic become interested in yourself, Adam, you're straight on it due to that history? Yeah, 100%. Like I said, it's, it's, it's a club I always wanted to play for. I didn't expect to, to come here this early, and so I'm um, early on in my career, but to get the chance to do it now, it, it was a no-brainer to come here. And I'm, Delighted to be here. You were at Norwich alongside former Celtic player Timo Pukki. How important was he to your team and did you ever speak to him about Celtic? Uh, yeah, um, he was, to me personally, he was very influential. Um, the amount of goals he scored and what he's done for me on and off the pitch was, was really helpful for me. And We've spoken a few times, um, spoken to a few times to him about Celtic and I don't think he had the best of starts here, but um, I think we've kind of had similar career paths, um, whereas he's he's all about development and he's been at a lot of different clubs and maybe it didn't work out for him at the start, but you can look at the career he had uh, towards the end and he's been unbelievable. He's an unbelievable guy, unbelievable player, so it's people like that's always great to learn from. And if you had to look back at your time at Norwich, what experiences stand out for you? For me, I think... Um, you know, playing, playing obviously in the Premier League is probably a big thing. Playing against all these quality players and and different different styles of players. I think that's the main thing for me is coming up against all these different managers is is really good for me. And to be able to come here and hopefully show my experience in front of the lads and maybe help uh, out with a few things uh, or two, um, it's really good. So I think I've experienced quite a bit just being in the first team now. Five years, so I've been around the bit. And what defences and teams were really testing for you in the Premier League? <laughs> Nearly all of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Premier League is obviously one of the best leagues in the world. Probably is. Um, you know, I think every team you play against, they're all unbelievable, and that's that's the Premier League for you. No matter who you play against, what team it is, it's, you're always going to get a test. So. Um, it was always a test for me when we played in the Premier League. When the interest of Celtic came in, Adam, the squad obviously had a few Irish boys, Scalesy, Mikey. What conversations did you have with them or any at all? No, I spoke to them just before I've come in. Um, just only small 
I'd let them know that uh, Celtic were interested and they told me about the city, the club and um, no, they was, they was really uh, helpful to me with coming here and Scalzi, um, obviously Mikey left at the time when I joined but Scalzi has helped me settle in really good and showing me around the city and introducing me to all the boys there and in training he's been great with me so I'm really thankful for them. I see when you, you joined Patrick Roberts commented on your Instagram <laughs> saying you'll live it up there big mm. man. Tell us your, your history with Patrick. Obviously, you, you know he was a big hit at Celtic. Yeah. No, um, obviously Paddy was in Norwich with me and we, we grew quite close with each other at Norwich. And he was a, he was a great, obviously, up here. He was, he was a hero, wasn't mm -hmm. he? So um, I've come up to Glasgow a few times with, with Paddy and we've had some good nights out here. So um, he's, t he's told me before if I ever play for Celtic, I'd love it up here. And it was uh, come true. Just spoken about the manager briefly, what influence did he have on your signing at all? When Brendan Rodgers picks up the phone, you answer, I imagine? Mm, no, look, we spoke briefly before I came and he kind of come up with a plan and, and what he wanted me to do and how I can progress in my career. And for me, like I said, that's all I wanted was to develop. And mm. the plan he's, he's given me was, was a no-brainer for me to, to come here. And I think, like I said, with the history he's got in, in terms of Getting teams to achieve things, um, improving players is, is, is all I wanted, so he's been fantastic. Yeah. Glasgow's a bit of a, a mad city. Celtic's a huge club, as you know. You've been here two weeks now. Have you been out and about the city? Had some crazy interactions at all? <laughs> I haven't been out that much, but for the times I've been out, the fans have been, they've been great. You know, I've said it in other interviews where, mm -hmm. just like on social media, every single message I've got has been unbelievable. Um, I've never really had that before. You, you do hear players, they get uh, bad comments, but no word of a lie, I've not got a single single bad message. So to be fair to all the fans, they've been, they've been great with me and um, I just want to play at Celtic Park now in front of them. And just looking ahead to the weekend, Kilmarnock up next at Celtic Park. They've given mm. us a, a bloody nose at times this mm. season. They're in fine form under Derek McInnes. You both have history from his Aberdeen days. Tell us about the relationship you both have and, and the, the job that he's doing at Kilmarnock currently. Well, firstly, the job that, that he's done is absolutely brilliant. You know, from, from going in there and taking them up and then really establishing them in the, in the top six. I think that's a, a fantastic effort and it shows Derek's experience and, and the expertise that he has in his, in his role. So he's, he's done very, very well there. Um, in terms of the relationship, I've, I've always got on well with him. I think when I was up here the first time, we exchanged phone calls on numerous things. And, uh, and of course, that was in, in the midst of his Aberdeen team that were, mm -hmm. were up there challenging and, and, and played his in, in two cup finals one season. So, uh, so yeah, so I have a lot of respect for his work and um, he's got a real hunger for the game and, uh, and his team will provide us with a, a tough challenge. We played very well in the home game and we're looking forward to being at home, having been away now uh, the last week or so. And, uh, but at, at, at Rugby Park, we, we, we certainly weren't, weren't so good. So, um, so we have to make up for that with a hopefully good performance and win at the weekend. And you're saying returning home to paradise, a chance for the likes of Adomida to get off the mark in front of the, the Celtic support in their 60,000 mass? Yeah, I'm sure he's really looking forward to it. Um, you know, as a guy that's coming in, really looking forward to, to playing for Celtic. He's obviously had three tough away games where he's been involved. Um, so I'm sure he'll be looking forward to, to Celtic Park at the weekend. Yeah, you can watch 
both and I'll listen to both of those full interviews only on Celtic TV exclusively, but also with Adam Media. He is the main feature interview in your match day programme on Saturday for the match against Kilmarnock. So if you're heading to the game, then make sure you grab your copy of that because you'll get the chance to read so much more from our new signings. He goes on about his love for Celtic growing up in Cork, what it's been like since he's come here and one of the amazing things that he said after the game on Wednesday night, or sorry, last Wednesday night against Hibs at Easter Road was the fact that all his friends were in the crowd and he seems to really, really have taken to the club because he knows what it's all about. So you get to read a lot more about him in there. So make sure you grab yourself a copy of the programme. Now, Sunday, Lewis, the day after Kilmarnock, massive, massive game in the Women's Premier League, because Celtic travel to Ibrox to take on Rangers. How big is it? Try and put it into words. I mean, I suppose any Derby game's going to be huge, but when it comes to sort of playing at these these grounds as well, in front of lots of, lots of fans, are obviously and at this point of the season as well, it's it's going to be absolutely massive, and it will be a big game, you know, especially with so much on the line. So much on the line, because let's kind of paint the picture of where we're at at this moment in time. We are currently second in the league, four points behind Rangers, who are in top spot. We've seen in the last couple of seasons, of course, it used to just be Glasgow City would kind of run away with things. In the last few years, Celtic and Rangers have really started to push forward and become a force in the women's game. And what you've seen over the last couple of seasons is that very rarely their points dropped in games outside of the games against, for, for us, for our sake anyway, against Rangers and Glasgow City. So when you are four points behind, and you said you're getting close to the split as well, how important is it to get three points on Sunday? Yeah, these, you know, as you say, the the other games you do need to take care of, but it's these games that are, that are so important, you know, taking points off each other at the, the top of the league, particularly with with so much on, on the line as we touch on, you know, both... Teams who are on on form, you know, they take lots of confidence going into these games, and they will be massive come the end of the season. There's there's no doubt about that. I mean, it's funny I say that, but to completely go against my point, Rangers at the weekends uh, played away to Partick Thistle and drew nil nil. Although we all know that it probably should have been one nil yeah. to Partick Thistle if we've all seen the the decision that was given in that game for Partick Thistle's goal, which was ruled out. We went away to Hibs, which is always a difficult game, and we won three one. Um, so how do you see the way that things are the lay of the land as we head into this one you know if you're just taking that game you would say that Celtic are going mm. into the game in form and with confidence but what do you what do you sense at the moment going into it yeah we obviously touched on a, a busy week for the men's first team but it was a, a busy week for the, the women yeah. as well you know we had the game the previous Sunday in the Scottish Cup very similar came away that was Elena's first win as head coach and it really felt like a, a sort of big moment for the squad you know to get that under the belt and get six goals in that game and I think it was good to have those opportunities to build on that you know game in midweek against Motherwell a 2-0 win maybe not able to build on it as much as you like you know Kelly Clark spoke after the game about wanting to set those standards and, and put in better performances and I think that's ultimately a good sign at these early stages you know not just being happy with with getting that win wanting to build on that and we're able to do that last Sunday against Hibernian and I think you're able to see that was probably our most controlled performance. You know, mm. obviously the game ended up they did go one each in the first half, 
but we managed to get two goals again, follow that up through Tash Flint and, and Caitlin Hayes and it felt as though in the second half there wasn't really too much of a threat, it felt as though we were the team most likely to, to go on and, and win that game and it was important after you know, a game as you touch on Rangers dropping points that day, you need to take advantage of these opportunities, they're absolutely huge and I think they, they came off the back of a, a really slender win against Hearts as well so there's maybe a wee bit of momentum with us going into this game and we touched on sort of going to Hibs can be tough, you know, the week before they'd beaten Glasgow City in the Scottish Cup, so yeah, they're, yeah. they're not a side to, to, to be messed with and to come away with that and a really controlled performance is really, really positive. Now this will be the second time that Elena Sidiku has managed against Strangers. She came in the door, so January time, start of January, start yeah. of January and she, she couldn't have had two tougher games to begin with Rangers in the Cup first up and then Glasgow City in the league, unfortunately, go off to two defeats there. But how do you see the development of the side under Elena since then? Yeah, obviously, it would have been disappointing to lose those two games, but sometimes these are moments that you can learn the most about your players and, and how they recover from that. And I think the manager certainly has learned a lot over the last, especially, week with those those games and, and plenty of training sessions. And it feels like that rhythm is coming along nicely. You know, that win against Hamilton, then you've got the win against Motherwell, but they set the standards even higher with that win against Hibernian, which is sort of feels really good going into this game at Ibrox. You're close to the squad. You go to the games, you cover the women's team regularly. What have you made of Elena so far and her post as Celtic women's team manager? Because there seems to have been a bit of change, even just kind of the day-to-day was, mm-hmm. was a schedule for a lot of the, the girls as well. So... What have you made of the overall change? What what can you give a bit of insight in, into for the fans? Yeah, obviously there would have been a lot of change with, with Fran being here for, for so long. So this sort of thing is gonna take time, you know, ultimately that, that is what is what it's gonna take, especially when you, you want to be successful and you know, you're seeing changes not only on the pitch, but just in every day, as you mentioned, with, with training sessions and whatnot. But it seems to be sort of coming along nicely, you know, building up momentum at a, a really good time, especially going into an important part of the season. Yeah. Have you found working alongside her so far she seems I've, I've only had a couple of very brief conversations with her but she seems very personable and quite a kind of excited character yeah no she, she is brand new in a sense you know she's very open with things yeah. you know maybe sometimes with a new match especially you know you've got I think she she touched on when she came you've got so many new faces to meet you know coming into a club with so many players and, and, and staff and whatnot but she has just been brand new to, to work with the fairness it's been enjoyable brand new like that um, the game on Sundays at Ibrooks. I think one, t- one thing that this Celtic team have shown over the last couple of seasons is that when the games are on the bigger stage they seem to rise to it when they're at Celtic Park when they're at Hamden how do you see the game being at Ibrooks potentially changing things at all? Yeah, obviously it was going to be tough, you know, going going to any away venue in this league can can be tough, but particularly when there's a big crowd backing up. But I think what's been amazing to see this season as well is that not only sort of seeing the home support, you see the away support, the Celtic fans being always making noise, and and it seems though there's going to be a, a good number there on Sunday. So yeah. it certainly will be feeling like you know, the players will have that support, and you know they they touch on it every time they really appreciate that, and it, it means a lot. So they will be there back in our corner now. We can hear from the Celtic women's manager, Elena Sidiku, and we can hear part of our press conference from earlier this week. How would you assess the challenge that awaits this weekend? I think every game is a is a challenge itself, but obviously we are playing against the team that is number one, who hasn't lost yet. So it's a it's a big challenge when it comes to 
that part of the game. Given how tight it is, and we talk about how much significance do you place in this game in terms of the overall season? I think it comes mostly about we being in in our bubble, uh, just thinking about next training, next game, and I think that's something that we've been doing really well, especially coming from the week that we we come from. So I think in in that side of the aspect is just it's a game that we're gonna do everything we can to win. At a close game in your last eight Rangers, what do you feel needs to change or be better uh, come this weekend? Obviously, I, th I don't think that our performance was the best against Rangers. Um, last time we played them, I think we have been building on, on things that we are progressing and getting better at. So hopefully we can do better on Sunday with the things that we've been working on. How do you feel the players are taking on uh, your methods? Better and better. I think if you've seen from the games that we've been playing, we just progress and we are just getting better and better as a team. So. I think it will take some time, but I think that from the time from where I started, it's been only one month. Yeah. It just looks better and better. So I'm very, I'm very pleased how how the team, how the players, the staff has been welcoming with open arms and buying my ideas for what I have for the team. Obviously, on Sunday, very important game, and the three points could be a tight with the cider. But come the end of the season, does that put? pressure on you and just how much pressure does it put on the team I think pressure and pressure I think the pressure is not on us really um, I think it if you if you can look at it in the in the other way that we come from a week where we've been performing well and getting three points from or victories from from each games I think that the pressure is maybe more on Rangers being number one and haven't lost yet. And we are just going to do our very best to to keep building on what we're building on. So that's what I look forward to on Sunday. Does it give you confidence to know that Rangers did draw at the weekend and you obviously won? Uh, not really. I don't look too much about what other teams are doing. I think the most focus and what I look at is how we perform and how we are um, developing as a team. You mentioned the players buying into your ideas. Obviously, you've experimented with a back three and a back four this season. What are we more likely to see going forward? That's a secret I can't tell. <laughs> it's understandable. <laughs> uh, just finally for me, is there any injuries affecting the squad at the minute or anyone who won't be available? Uh, right now, it looks like uh, people or people, players are coming back. And the only missing right now is Hannah and Luana uh, that are coming back soon from from US and Argentina. So no, we are we have a full squad, uh, just two players that are not in right now. Yes, there we have it. Uh, Elena Sidiko looking ahead. Sidiko, did I just say there? Sidiko. <laughs> apologies, Elena. Um, <laughs> looking ahead to the the game on Sunday away to Rangers. Uh, so that's the. Uh, First teams of the men's and women's covered. Lewis, we've not had a chance really in recent weeks or months. Actually, it's been a wee while since we've actually went into how the B team are operating. And you've got a bit of a dual role at the club because you cover both the women's team and the B team. Why don't you just give us a little bit of an update? First of all, what's the schedule this week? Who have we got this weekend and in, in the next kind of week to follow? Yeah, back to sort of league action this week. You know, a trip down to the, the borders for Gallifrey Dean Rovers. Oh, so lovely. You going? I uh, will be there, yes. So nice. a nice, nice long trip. But 
it's been a sort of really positive start to 2024. You know, the, the boys are unbeaten this year and they've had some, some really good performances in, in games. And whether that be league, you know, we've been down to Southampton for the Premier League International Cup as well in January, which feels like a lifetime ago already. Mm. It was the end of January, but, you know, they were able to get that first win under their belt, which was so deserved because the way they performed in that competition, you know, it started off not the greatest, away, the defeat to West Ham, heavy defeat, but then to follow up the games against Brighton, Chelsea, lost 4-3 and 3-1 in those games, but I would argue for a lot of them were the better team. So it was really well deserved to go and get that 3-1 win in Southampton, to fall behind in that game as well, you know, showed great reaction to go and score three goals in the, the second half. And then last week, kicking off the Glasgow Cup with a derby victory against against Rangers at, at Lennox Town, and I definitely think it was one of our best performances this season, you know, they dominated that, that game and, and really deserved that victory. So, and also next week, we can look to continue that Glasgow Cup campaign against Queen's Park. Yeah, very, very much so. And I, th- I suppose for the, the B team, the start of the season was probably quite difficult, it would be fair to say, a changing of a lot of the squads, uh, a lot of younger boys, 16s, coming into the, the group as well. But from what it seems like, they're starting to find their their feet at this level and playing in the Lowland League as well. So where are we at in terms of the league as we get back to it this season? Yeah, no, I think that's a very good point. You know, the start of the season, I think, obviously in football, you, you do just look at results sometimes and think it looks a bit, but I think when you look at that squad, it was so young. Yeah. And I think just as each week and each set of games been coming on, they've been developing and getting even better. And, and now you can see them really coming into that role. You know, even during last month, I think we went away to Linlithgow Rose. We ended up drawing the game, but you come away from it thinking that's a really sort of good outfit, solid. And we've really put up against our, our own in that game. And it, Earlier in the season, that's a game with 100% lost. So these are the games you can see them developing. You know, you've got boys coming in. Andrew Kyle, 16 years old. Sean McCardo, 16. If you've watched the highlights of the Rangers game, he's got a delightful turn. I would mm. recommend to go and watch oh, yeah. that goal on repeat. Hot dog in it. Oh, he sends <laughs> them to the shops. But it's, it's sort of, in a way, similar to maybe our first season. You know, last season, we really pushed for that title. But the season before, it was maybe a younger squad. They're coming through, getting used to the playing football every week and things like that and it has been good to sort of have players who have done it you know like your Daniel Kelly's your Rocco Vaz who spent yep. the first half of the season with the B team you've seen them really kick on this year they've moved up with the men's first team and now it's really left a, a solid place for these younger lads to come in and perform I know because that's just that is a cycle of the B team isn't it it's, it kind of falls in that two-year process where you get a group together and then the next season they kick on and then the following season they're going on because they've reached a certain age mm-hmm. and you guys are coming in. So it seems to, they seem to be sort of bridging that gap quite well now so far this season and I suppose the biggest thing from a fan's point of view is when you're looking at the B team, you're looking at what's the pipeline like, what, is there anybody in that squad that can come in and maybe affect the first team in the future? I'm not going to put you under pressure by giving <laughs> any names because that's probably not fair when you're sitting and covering the team as well. But, for fans that are listening, what would you say? Is, is, there a, is there a few guys in that team that have been performing so far this season you think, oh, I like to look at them? Um, I'd say I'm really delighted for Daniel Kelly and, and yeah. Rocco Vata to be up because the first half of the season they were excellent. You know, I think Daniel Kelly has really, really kicked on and you can see that in his performances again, started the season. But then as, as the months went on, you know, we look at these big games where it would be Brighton, whether it be away at Lazio in the UEFA Youth League, he was a real driving force in the midfield and you could see him taking control of games. 
So I was delighted when he made his debut and also for Rocco, you know, he's been superb form, scoring plenty of goals, so it's it's been good to see him get a goal. And now obviously there's plenty of boys who look to to follow and there's no better examples for them, you know, it's, it's great to see that that sort of pathway and that they'll be thinking can can I follow them and hoping to become the next one. Yeah, and as well as that, Lewis, um wanted to touch on some of the guys that are out in loan at the moment mm-hmm. to see how they're getting on. I think we all saw, was it Tuesday night when Mikey Johnson uh, got his first goal for West Brom yeah. inside the first... I think it was inside 30 seconds or something. Inside 30 the game, seconds, yeah, yeah um, which is amazing to see. But we've got quite a number of guys out in loan at the moment from the first team and from the B team as well. So I was hoping you could maybe give us a little bit of an update in terms of how some of the guys are getting on. Has there been anybody in particular that's been doing specifically well over the last sort of weeks and months? Yeah, I think there's what thir- I think it's a total of thirteen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Out in loan. So as you say, it's a real mix. A few, a few goals this week. You know, obviously Mikey getting off the market West Brom. It's been, I think it's been a good start for him because he ended up his first two appearances were as a sub. Subs, yeah. So, but he's really been able. To, well, I say there's no better way to get your first start and score within thirty seconds. You know, he can't really make much of, of a better impact. But then at the weekend as well, you know, going from that as you touch on players that are at first team level, but also the B team. Guys like Mackenzie Cars, that was a really busy game of loan players. You know, had, I think three <laughs> out on loan, two at Queen's Park, one at Dunfermline. Uh, it was Queen's Park that came out on top, you know, Mackenzie Cars scoring his first senior goal. I think he actually had a nice bit of skill for the goal. But it was his, his yeah. old teammate, you know, too, that tries to tackle him. So <laughs> maybe a bit of knowledge with, the, <laughs> with being a teammate. And then Ben McPherson as well sets up the second goal for Queen's Park. Unfortunately for Ben Summers, he has no his inside, but. To be fair to him, it was now now when he came off. So Aye. we'll say we'll say that. <laughs> but you know, it seems as though there is some real positive loans at the moment. You know, obviously one at the weekend couldn't play Quan. Yes. Seems to be really really thriving at St Mirren, which is always good to see. You know, I feel as though there's always the example of when you see loans in the the Scottish Premiership. You can look to guys like Ryan Christie and Chris Fryer, how well they done, and he'll be hoping to, to follow that. Most definitely, and also Quan, we got the fact that he went out on loan. What the chance to see his unbelievable singing skills? Yeah, which, that's uh, always good to see. That I'm hoping if he comes back <laughs> in the summer, then needs to perform now. Yeah, we get the chance to maybe do a wee feature with him or something for Celtic TV and get him to <laughs> sing some karaoke songs. Um, no, Lewis, great to kind of go through all of that. It's good to see some of the lone guys doing well at the moment, and if people want to keep up to date with how they're doing, the lone guys then have a look at your loan report every week, which yeah. goes out in the Celtic website that keeps you informed uh, for those thirteen players because. You might find it difficult yourself to to go through no, all of those games. So Lewis does it for you. <laughs> Lewis does it for you. Um, yeah, I think that's just a chance now to to round things up, Lewis. Uh, hopefully, when we're back next week, we're going to have plenty of victories. Fingers to, crossed. To three to wins from three. Yeah, three wins from three. Fingers crossed. That's kind of been the case the last. Is that the case at the weekend? Wednesday night. Wednesday night. That was yeah. the case. Yeah, yeah, because it was. Uh, Adam he did his last minute goal which which saved Got us over the line. Yes, yeah, so hopefully three wins to look forward to. Um our next edition of the podcast is going to be out on Tuesday and it's going to be part two with Morton Vcorst. So if you missed part one, it's available on YouTube and it's also available wherever you get your podcast. And it was a really fascinating insight into his Celtic career. And in part two, we're going to delve a little bit deeper into the personal side of Morton V. Corsi's story with Celtic and the the disease, the syndrome that he suffered at the club, which left him out of the game for a couple of seasons and his remarkable comeback from that. So definitely 
make sure you check that out and to do so then make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts so when it comes out you get a little alert and notification and it's straight in your ears so get that sorted <laughs> right enough from me enjoy your weekend Celtic fans uh, hopefully three victories to look back on next week and yeah plenty of positivity around when we joined again for the following week's episode but for now hail hail and enjoy your weekend